living in Sacramento, California, passionate to support communities of color that intersect with mental health issues. Hola, mi gente. We're here again to talk about all things Nopal Queens, Latinos, Latinx, mental health. So I'm here with my ladies again. How are you guys doing? Alive here on a Monday night. It is a Monday night. Feeling that Monday struggle. (laughs) (laughs) But we are here because we want to be with you all. See, because y'all matter. We are getting a lot of positive feedback and it's so exciting. So here we are rolling out with episode numero tres. So La Luna, how are you doing today? Um, different. I'm in a different place than I was last week. Last week was intense and crazy. Um, but this week is a little bit more, uh, manageable. Um, so my life for the next couple months is consists of studying for my licensure exam, um, for marriage and family therapy. So that has taken up most of my evenings. So yeah, I don't have a life right now, but, um, the struggle is temporary and it's worth it. Uh, other than that, I think I'm, I'm in a better place. I went through some little stuff last week, just navigating life, adulting, having to get a car, which was not planned. Um, but it looks really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and being in that mindset of, um, Yes, it may have been difficult in that time, but then highlighting and remembering that I was still in a blessed position where I was actually able um, to be able to get a car. And there's a lot of people that that's not an option. So remembering that even in the midst of what I feel is a crisis for myself, I'm still very blessed and very fortunate to be in that position where I was able to do this and I'm not without a car and I'm able to continue commuting to work. So that was like my theme of the week is like accepting the challenges that come up in life and still trying to pick out the positives out of it and letting that be enough to kind of let go and move on. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the mindset I've been in. So yeah, that's my, uh, check in. Mm -hmm. Good. I like Uh, the reframe on that. Thanks. (laughs) I wonder where I got that from. Oh yeah, I'm a therapist. (laughs) Um, but yeah, what about you? Um, La Sirena, how are you doing queen? Oh man. Well, this is La Sirena. I am doing pretty well. We just started our semester, and so we're trying to get all of our new students acclimated to campus, our returning students back on track from their summer break, and we're just helping a lot of people right now. Um, You know, the 18 to 21 is an age range where there's a lot of onset of mental health, and unfortunately, people find that out in their first semester of college. So we're just really trying to be there and supporting students, making sure everybody knows about their resources. And so I've been busy with that, but it's been very awesome. And I am working a lot, but I I have a vacation coming up. And so I know that this is all going to be balanced out with some me time. And so that's my thing right now is just pushing through, doing everything I need to do for my students, and then time for me. At the end of this week, it's yes. going to be all about me. That snap, snap, so snap. amazing. Yes. Treat yourself, girl. I'm going to go in your suitcase. I'm trying to master that work-life balance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. Who wants to jump in my suitcase? I am. You? you know. Yes. I'm like, I'm here, Mundo. It's <laughs> right. like, why is my luggage heavier? What? I know. <laughs> What's that coming out of my suitcase? Like, What's yeah. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> And then I'll come out and be like, Queen, I'm here. You're like, please, no. Let's go. Like, All right. Let's get you that unlimited drink package. Too. See. 
So that is my thing right now is just achieving the work-life balance and working hard. And then I'm going to go play hard because Hell that's how yeah. I stay on my game at work. Mm-hmm. We all need those. Mm-hmm. Those highlights. That's right. How about you, La Rosa? I am good. Good. Uh, I just got back from a retreat. I was in the mountains Ooh. with no cell reception oh, on yeah. a beautiful. So like, you weren't ignoring me. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> and I told you that <laughs> before I, I left. I won't have self reception. And the, I, I did that send text. you guys a message. I'm just being salty over here because <laughs> I missed you. We missed you. Yeah. Well, I. Well, I missed you guys too, but I also loved being up there. Yeah. It was like up in the Sierras, like pine trees Ooh. everywhere, like mm. just out in nature. It was yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. I took a nap on a hammock out okay. in the trees. It was fancy. So relaxing. Look at you living your best life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like since like you said school is starting up for me, I'm just getting a uh. ton of new referrals for clients. And it's mm. like, I don't have enough time in the day to see all these <laughs> All That's true. Kids. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of trying to balancing that. Um, sometimes behaviors increase when school starts. So kind of mm-hmm. balancing the crises of the week. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you know what? I just need to get away from the world for a little bit. Yeah. And it was really nice. It was very refreshing. Nice. Um, just and to I step away for a little bit. Yeah. And refresh. And it seems like it went, did you well because you seem very like relaxed and in a like, very positive space. So that's good. Definitely. And then I know um, I've had some trips coming up too, some smaller mm. trips. So I think that helps out because I really don't take a long vacation. I usually take four or five days here and there. So I have like something planned for each month until the end of the year. So I'm excited. Ooh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So self-care, you guys. Yeah. It's definitely needed. Nice. That's we look right. forward to hearing all your future trips and future episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We work hard, but we play hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I know today we have um, a current event that we want to share with you guys yeah. about Hispanic Heritage Month and Latinos in Mental Health. Yes. So we're going to have La Sirena take it away and share some of that knowledge. All right. All right. So for each Mind Matters, that's the website we're um, we're just highlighting today. Um, they did an article just to kick off Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Month, which for another day, another topic on the word Hispanic. Uh, but they have a really great article on um, the focus on Latinos and mental health. And in particular, I thought this was really important and really spoke to a lot of the reasons why Nopal Queen's where we created this space mm-hmm. for ourselves and to share with all of you. Um, so I just wanted to share that, you know, as a community, Latinos are less likely to seek mental health care because of fear, shame, lack of information, leaving most um, without leaving most without needed treatments. And the article continues to say that although we experience common mental health concerns, such as depression, suicidality, PTSD, and alcohol addiction, our ability to access quality culturally appropriate treatment is very poor, and that puts us at, puts us at higher risk of um, more severe and persistent forms of mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. And so this part really spoke to me, um, where they go on to say that we also Latinos may be self-medicating with drugs and or alcohol, using herbal supplements, or just seeking advice from friends, family, faith healers, or religious leaders um, because we're not able to access the treatment we need. 
Um, so rather than dismiss the role of traditional approaches, incorporating faith, spirituality, and family acceptance can provide the needed support and help when in treatment for a mental health condition, which I thought yes. was really great because it really spoke to that we, if we're not getting the care we need in the systems, we're going to go seek it somewhere else. And yeah. it's going to be through our friends, through our family, through, you know, prayer and faith and yeah. Yeah. When you do get to work with a Latino in therapy, that understanding that there's going to be all these things that they've tried and that could be working, even though it's not clinically based, but to incorporate that in treatment. Yeah. Because they think that's really important. Definitely. It's very holistic care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's very holistic. It's taking what they've already naturally been trying to do about it mm -hmm. and then weaving in with maybe what, you know, clinical work can provide too. Yeah. And I think also psychoeducation is powerful. So psychoeducation, um, for those that may not know, is just basically as a clinician providing education to families about certain topics within mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot for um, my young adults, uh, my teen population, um, what I see oftentimes is that the way that they cope or that the way that they process things is not always healthy. So that piece that you spoke about um, using drugs mm -hmm. or self-harming or suicidality, a lot of my teens do not fully understand what they're experiencing, let alone how to articulate it or even ask for help within their community because oftentimes what they're experiencing is something that to their parents or to the community is foreign. So then they find other means of healing and in, in, in treating themselves. And sometimes, you know, relying on friends, but when you're a fellow teenager and your friend is going through some very significant, heavy stuff, there's no way that this other teen will have the capacity to properly heal or support their friend. Right. And so mm -hmm. oftentimes they continue this harvesting, these feelings of loneliness and of isolation and stuff. So, um, definitely, um, it's, it's a very powerful thing for us to be able to speak on some of these very real issues that we face day in and day out with our clients and our community. Yes. And just uh, like on the piece about isolation and loneliness and when you feel lonely in your experience, that makes somebody very vulnerable to addiction or See. any addiction of any kind, which can be drugs or alcohol, it can be food, it can be something else. Yeah. But I think in that loneliness, when we perceive ourselves to be the only ones going through something, yeah. that is where we can be really vulnerable. And that's why community is really important and could be the reason why many people may may not have to um, turn to drugs. Maybe they're turning to their community. Yeah. See. And I think yeah. that's really great that they turn into their community. I know I was having a mm -hmm. conversation about this with a friend earlier this month that it's great we have people in our lives that are there to support us but sometimes we need that unbiased feedback mm -hmm. see so sometimes for me it would be very hard to tell a family member like I would do it, but it would take so much out of me to kind of point out like hey you're doing something that's unhealthy yeah or hey yeah. like you are destroying your relationships mm -hmm. or hey, you should try something different. Yep. Um, I feel like sometimes it's less painful coming from someone unbiased, coming from yeah. a medical yep. professional saying, hey, 
I've, I'm hearing you on all these things, but I also see this. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it feels more non-invasive when it's not a, a direct linking or family and it's a, somebody extended or removed from your day in and day out life, which mm-hmm. puts us in a place of priv- privilege because we get to be those peoples that we have the privilege of knowing so much about a client and yet they know so little about us. And it's fostering that trust and that communication to do that work. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty yeah. lucky in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really great little piece on the article. Yeah. Just shed some light on maybe um, if you are encountering a Latino client and they tell you about maybe some of the things they've tried already with their mental health. It may not be the things you are thinking of, but it might have been the only resources available to them at the time. And just keeping in mind and incorporating what they've been doing into what you can offer as a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. some food for thought. Food for thought. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I know today we wanted to talk about, you know, this topic that I have a hard time pronouncing. Yes. Traditions and trans- transitions. There we Ooh, go. Traditions and transitions. Okay. Say it five times fast. Traditions and transitions. <laughs> yeah, I can't Tra- do tran- it. Trans- dis- <laughs> no, yeah. forget it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys know what we're talking about. Traditions mm-hmm. and transitions. Yes. So just right. different things in our life. Yeah. So this is La Sirena, and yes. I think what comes to my mind, and I just, we were talking about this in another episode too, just a little bit about what our, where our background is and what do we come from in our, in terms of our family. And um, for traditions, for me, it really, what stands out is the relationship that I have with my family and, uh, you know, whether it's healthy or not, good or bad, but all families reach some sort of equilibrium Again, it can be through healthy or non-healthy things, but um, when you have this equilibrium with your family, but then you also have to balance it with goals that you have for yourself, you know, what's that journey like, like disrupting the equilibrium and moving out of, you know, your family system? And I can just think back to when I was 18 years old and I was preparing to go to college and I remember being told by my parents over and over, go to college, go to college, go to college. So I go away to college and then I end up, you know, staying, going to school, getting a job. And then I, you know, later in life, I hear messages like, you know, are you going to come home? When are you going to come home? Um, Haven't talked to you in a while. And then even later, maybe like after college, and I'm now in the city that I went to school in, established friends, got a career I'm hearing a lot of things from different family, like, um, you know, when you're going to come visit, when are you going to move here? I miss you. And so it just is always like a struggle for me when I think about our tradi- traditions of like balancing what I used to have with family and the equilibrium we kind of we built together with my own goals and going away and and how that felt so at sometimes I felt guilty. And my brother, too, I, I would have to say, you know, we would have lots of talks because he was told, of course, you know, our, our, our family and I think a lot of families are like this. They really value education. I mean, a lot of the kids are going to be told to go to school. That's good. That's going to be a thing. And my brother was told to go to school. And when he was finished with school, was, in, you know, encouraged to go to do more school. And he ended up going for his um, Ph.D. And I would I remember 
you know, my family constantly telling him like, oh, we're so proud of you. But he was just dying. I mean, he would tell me it's hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult. I don't know that people really understand what they mean when they just tell me like, oh, you're just you're doing good, mijo. Just keep doing it. And it's like the biggest thing he has ever had to take on in his life. Um, And so we would just laugh about it, you know, because we what else can we do? That's our reframe. But uh, I just I know my brother and I supported each other as we went off into different cities and made distance, physical distance with our family and how hard that was. And like this vacation I was talking about coming up, uh, I hardly take vacations just for the sake of vacation. All my vacation time is spent going home to family all the time. Christmas time, November. Oh, yeah. I hear people going on like, you know, cruises and like two week things here and there, like different countries. And I'm like, I would never be able to do that. My my family would be like, where are you going? It's obviously like Christmas time. Why are you coming home? Like, when are you getting your ticket? And I feel like I'm the opposite. (laughs) I'm like the one that goes back home the least out of this group. Because I'm like, sorry, I can't. I might be the one that goes home the most. You do. (laughs) Yeah. And I said I have a few trips planned out for the next few months it's trips going home and i'm always like (laughs) chill that's vacation right yeah Yeah, that's it my vacation i get a free home in my childhood bedroom so (laughs) yeah yeah but that's so important that you know even though we i'm going off and doing my own thing i'm always feeling called back to family and called back home wherever that is it's in a few different cities but um just balancing that but then also working through the guilt Mm. Uh, the guilt of preach yes like uh, you live too far come home and then i'd be like but years ago you were like go away to college so what is it that you yeah so it's like contradicting like messages from families and that really that resonates with me that feeling and i think we had touched on it a little bit um la rosa and yeah that's what i feel like the that I'm balancing that all the time. It never ends. It's not like, oh, I've mastered this. It's just constantly a balance. And I think that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, it's that balance between like the collectivistic culture that I grew up in with my family, but also the individualistic culture of what is American culture. Mm-hmm. and what exactly all these movies about white families tell you to do like oh yeah. you gotta go away to college and then go get a career yeah and doesn't necessarily mean that you come home to your family so i think that is hard that is hard because i know i went away to college and then i moved back in for grad school mm-hmm. and then i moved away for my career and now like me and my husband are established up here mm-hmm. but then i always get those phone calls like well, you grew up with all your cousins. Don't you want your kids to grow up with all your cousins? Oh, and I'm like, yeah. first of all, I don't have children. Not <laughs> planning to have children anytime within this next year. None of my other cousins really have children that <laughs> for them <laughs> to play with. So I think it's that guilt trip mm-hmm. of like, well, this is how you grew up. Don't you want your kids to grow up that same way? And you're like, I do. I just, I don't mm-hmm. know how to like blend these two worlds right now. Like yes. I'm up here right now and I I don't know what the next step is. Like, do I stay here? But I do miss my family. Yeah, it's both. Like, I love my family. They're fun to be around. I I do enjoy them as much as I enjoy my life that I've built up here. Yeah. The two things I love, I wouldn't leave either of them. But how do you have them both at the same time? That is a Latino complex right there. (laughs) (laughs) For anyone that's moved away from home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
And I feel like I'm the complete opposite end of both of you. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't resonate a lot with either of you because my not in like a mean way. I'm not being a salty ass bitch, but in a, in a not in a mean way, but it, mine is very different. Um, so I think I, so, you know, one thing I will uh, give a shout out to my parents. So mom, remember when I say good things about you, this one's it. <laughs> um, shouting out to my parents because I don't get that pressure from my mom and my dad mm. uh, about, um, when am I coming back home? I mean, every once in a while, my dad will be a little salty and throw away, throw a little like, well, if you lived over here, you wouldn't have any issues, but he oh doesn't do gosh. it as much anymore. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do it as much anymore, but, um, I will say in that aspect, my parents in the beginning when I left five years ago, when I moved up here to Sacramento, it was really hard in the beginning. Uh, it was emotionally difficult for my parents and for myself to the point where my mom and dad purposely left early to work so they didn't have to see me leave. They, t- My dad mm-hmm. told me goodbye at four in the morning as he was heading out to work. Um, and then my mom came in like seven in the morning right before she went to work and then she left because they are like we can't physically watch you leave um and that was hard and so um but i never really got that pressure as much of when are you coming back um but i also think it has to do with the circumstances and the place that i was in my life when i left five years ago um i think my parents knew that in order for me to survive and to have a chance and to be that child that successful child that they wanted me to be or dreamt of me being that I had to leave. Um, and so I think they knew that. Um, and so when I, when I moved out here, I had to do so much work on letting go of that Latino guilt Mm -hmm. and, and learning to build a life up here and, and to be okay with it. And so I fell into that role where I constantly felt like I had to continue to, to save my family and to bail them out being the, the oldest in the family and that sense of responsibility that I had towards them. So mine was like trying to financially support them um, and feeling guilty when I couldn't getting there was times where I got really bad anxiety, really bad, bad panic attacks because I I couldn't help. I mean, I was a struggling ass student. I was in grad school like I wasn't making no money like I was doing an internship, working and going to school. Um, And so that point for me, that turning point for me was when I started doing my own work with my own therapist on like, how do I differentiate? How do I separate in a healthy way? That's not emotionally cutting off my family. That's not disrespectful. And how do I come, how do I find peace with that? Um, because it, it was a, and it, it was a challenge. And to this day, I sometimes experience that challenge, but it got to a point where one time I told my mom, um, you know, cuando yo me caiga, ¿quién me va a levantar a mí? So I told her, when I fall, who's going to pick me up? Mm-hmm. When I can't pay my bills. And and that's, I think, the moment where my mom and dad were like, oh, shit, you're right. Because we're not in a position where we could, right now, at least in that time in their life, they were not in a position where they could help me or bail me out. And I think that my mom and dad kind of pulled their resources and their strength together and started figuring it out with knowing that I might not always be there to support them. And it was never something that I had to do, but it was more of like an unspoken rule, tradition. Mm -hmm. It's a tradition for Latino children in the U.S., at least in my family, and not speaking to all cultures and all Latinos, but in my family specifically, traditionally, the oldest needs to give back and financially support their family in whatever way that they can. So it's not explicitly 
told to me, but it was like an unspoken rule. Like this is just the way that it is. Um, yeah. So doing a lot of that work on establishing my identity and it's still really hard today because, and I'm sure that my, my best friends from back home feel it and it might be painful to them, but I'm not the same person that I was five years ago. And I remember going back home even two years into me living here and my mom feeling like I was a kind of a stranger because I was different. My worldview was different. My level of independence was different. You had so many new experiences. Yeah. And I, I knew what I wanted. I had a family of choice. So people that I chose to have in my life here in Sacramento, um, and, and friends. And I think my friends back home had a hard time with that and maybe fears that I would not be a figure in their life. Um, but life, you go through just with traditions. We go through transitions. Mm -hmm. My friends started getting married. They started having children. I don't want to have children. So that was different, right? Mm -hmm. I still love them. I still support them and spoil the crap out of their children, but that's not for me. And so having to have a lot of conversations about I'm making new traditions and I'm in different transitions in my life. And I respect your traditions and your transitions. And I'm asking you to respect mine. You, you chose to have children. That's beautiful. That's great. I will support you, support me and my decision to not. And so it was just so many things and so much change mm -hmm. in navigating that. Thank you, La Luna. Yeah. That's really awesome. I, I can resonate with the really like that transition into our new life. Or that's what I got from that. And yeah. Even just thinking about my own new life and me and my my partner and I and yeah, you know the life that we're now building, and that I need I weave in what I've learned from my family, but really making my own family, making yeah. our own life, yeah. and it's exciting and positive, you know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I'm always like. Every time I go home, especially when I go back home, like to my hometown and yeah. visit my abuelitos, that's the best time. I mean, I truly have such a great time going back home and, yeah. you know, and eating all the good food. And there's usually a party. And so I'm always at parties. I remember one of my abuelitas, she called me out one day. She's like, you never visit. I'm like, I visit all the time. She goes, that's because you come for the parties. Oh. And I was like, well, that's how you travel when you don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have to use the quinceañeras and the birthdays and the anniversaries. And the baby showers. Uh, yeah, and the baby showers. Exactly. Yep. As tri like, I can't just take a trip. I But I'll go when there's an event and then use that as time to see yeah. everyone, right? Because I'm both my grandparents live in the same town. Um, but it's really funny. But I love going home. And it truly is so nice to be home with my family. But I also just as much love coming back to my home in California. And so I'm just, I think, like I was saying earlier, I think that will always just be the way it will be. I don't think I'm going to ever finish mastering yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of radical acceptance. And that's yes. so hard. Yeah. Radical acceptance. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Planning for just how you will go back and forth and see family. And yeah. well, especially for me, because I'm talking about being in a geographically different yeah. place. But it could be for anyone, even if you live in the same town, but you're building your new life. You know, or yeah. doing something else that maybe your family had plans for you, but you're you've got plans for yourself that are different. Yeah, like that. You're, how do you transition, but also hold on to what you always knew with your family? Yeah, and I think it takes a lot of growth, and I think that that you, it takes a lot of self work and kind of working through some of those things to get in that place where um, you can do those things. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, I had to do a lot of work on 
being okay with saying no. Like I, mm-hmm. I love my friends and family, but I was struggling with this expectation that I had to be available for every baby shower and every party and every quinceanera. And, and so I got to a point where I was like, no, I'm not doing it because I'm right? like, I can't <laughs> like, true. I'm like, are y'all motherfuckers going to fly me out it's there? Not because even a question. it's like, Oh, the quinceanera is this day. So yeah. I'll see you then. And yeah. I mean, not throwing shade. Sorry, best friends don't come for me, but like sometimes it would create frustration or conflict with my friends because they're, they're really great about it now. Shout out to you guys. But in the beginning, um or you all sorry i'm trying to cut out guys out of my vocabulary for personal Mm -hmm. reasons so you all um so inclusive yes so you all are doing a lot better now but in the beginning i would get so fucking frustrated because they'd be like oh when are you coming when are you coming when i was like how about we change the narrative to when all y'all motherfuckers coming right because it's like it was always me so i was like when are you guys coming when Mm -hmm. are you going to get a flight out here why is it the expectation that because i moved i'm the one that has to keep coming and so I think at some point they started to realize that and I was like okay hey you guys are getting married or having children and I'm gonna be there when I can and when it counts and and I love celebrating every turning point in your life and every milestone but it's not realistic or financially like reasonable for me to go every time and and that took I think work for myself and my family and friends to respect and accept that like okay you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and me saying, hey, I'm not putting pressure on you guys to come out here. So don't don't do it to me. Like, I understand that you guys are in different life stages, but so am I. So for me, it was I think I'm in a different place where I'm OK with doing those things. But it took a lot of work to get to this point mm-hmm. where I'm like, no, I'm not going to your baby shower. Yeah. You had to set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's still hard. I mean, it hurts me. And sometimes yeah. I, I miss them, but I'm like, I can't do it. I hope you it. got some free flights earned. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. <laughs> get that, no, that, I don't. So nobody asked me to go airline over. card. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that I'm learning right now, too, setting those boundaries. Like I said earlier, I'm like the one that goes home the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because both me and my husband have husbands okay (laughs) (laughs) confessions of love Uh, it just keeps coming out man um it's monday y'all don't come for us has many (laughs) family members we both have a lot of family in southern california so it's always someone's graduation someone's baby shower someone just got engaged someone's wedding and we both come from like we're close with our family so it's kind of like that unspoken expectation of being there uh, so I know that's really hard for me to say, like, no, we can't go. That's very hard. I know my sisters recently moved out of my mm-hmm. parents' home. Um, and just because they're also going through their own transitions and tradi- traditions and moving out um, before they're married or stuff like that, they just want to be independent. So I'm like, I got to be there. I got to mediate for them because I know my parents are like taking it very personal and it's very hard for my sisters I want to be there to support them like tell them I know that's what's going on and I was sharing this with my therapist and she's like you know you don't need to go and I was just like what Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like that's an option (laughs) she's like you can call them like what's the difference between calling them and actually being there I'm just like well they need me there and she's like do they need you there I'm just like I think they need me there. <laughs> she's like, have you asked them if they need you there? I'm just like, 
no. And she's like, so you're going to sacrifice yourself driving 500 miles at five in the morning to go help them move for maybe five hours and then driving back home. I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I've done it before. And she's like, no, No. you can't do that to yourself. And I'm just like, but my family. And she's like, so, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. So that's hard. It's a hard and it's still something that I'm dealing with. And it's still some of that guilt because I know like I love my family and they like sacrifice so much to just come here to America to come to California. And then sometimes I just feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I moved away. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what they wanted for me. Probably not. But also like I like my life, which is also what they want for you. Yeah. 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 And when you entered into a marriage, that became a family you and your Mm -hmm. partner or family and so sometimes you have to make now room for your now family your family of choice the person that you chose to be in a union with and to build something with and so that Mm -hmm. is hard too because your heart gets pulled in two ways my family that I created that I had a choice in creating and the family that I was born into and how Mm -hmm. do I how do I please everyone and and that then and without sacrificing my own happiness and my own marriage and my own life that I work so then not I but that you've worked so hard to build up here. Yeah, so I can mm-hmm. I can empathize with you on that those challenges. And good for you for being in that space where you're have the intentions to to work through that and to set those boundaries because Jesus knows it's not easy. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a very intense relationship with yourself and working through those triggers and why does this make me feel guilty and where is it coming from and how deeply is it rooted and how many generations of generations have passed this down to me and where do I end the cycle without feeling like I've sacrificed my family or the love that I have for them um, because they they know that we love them. They just have to be dramatic ass Latinos, <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, yeah. you're making me flash back right now. Sorry, yeah, it's like, tengo un pecho, digo, digo, un dolor en mi pecho, no puedo respirar. ¿Qué van a hacer cuando ya no esté aquí? Mom, calm down. Like, um, those are the signs of a stroke, and I need to call somebody. For yeah, you. like, yeah. mom, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. nadie totally. me entiende. No me necesitan. I'm like, mom, everyone needs you. Home we lost I know. Mom. Or like, my abuelita, you only come for the parties. Oh yeah. Yes. You're like, girl, grandma, you look it up with like that food. Hundred dollars to drive to fly home. Oh yeah. You're like, I got yeah. a free place I've to stay. I've got to do two birds and one stone. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I got food. I got free places to stay. Yeah. I'm gonna maximize my time and resources. Yeah. But now I've noticed, like, when we go down, if we go down for a holiday or a party, we stay for a few days, and like after the first or two days, like everyone's gone living their own life, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll drive back and. Start my own life <laughs> again. Yeah, so life. I know yeah. sometimes I I wonder what it would be like living life with my sisters, like mm-hmm. as adults. Yeah, but I know that we still we're in a group chat with my cousins, so they keep You're me still up there. to date. Yeah. yeah, as much as possible. And this is La Sirena, <laughs> and I just thought of something when you said that you wonder how it's going to be to live with your siblings, or if you could right yeah. now. My brother's moving up here. Shut up. He's going to be like two hours away. Oh my gosh, you didn't and tell us And as we're that. talking, I like just did that to him the other day. <laughs> Are we going to see each other? <laughs> see, I've internalized oh my God. the pressure and I'm now turning it around see, to my God, I need your love. I need your attention. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you see us hanging out a lot, Josh? But it'll like tell me. 
are we gonna hang out a lot? <laughs> and he's like, funny. um, I, I think so, but he's moving out here with his partner. They're trying to start their life. Yeah. And I'm over here like internalizing all that shit and yeah. <laughs> turning it around on my brother. But That's I really true. did the other day, like, are we gonna hang out a lot? We are right. You have to come every Sunday for a <laughs> yeah, pretty much. yeah. I'm like, how right now? Like he was is here now for work because that's why they're moving him. He's been yeah. out here on a contract anyway. And I was just like, you're in the bay, and I didn't know that this weekend. Yeah, like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> how so funny. I'm just realizing now. Even I do it to yeah. my own yeah. hermano. Yeah, and I think if I could choose, I would totally want my siblings up here. But at the same time, it forces us to to continue that resiliency and to figure out who we are and to form our own identities. Because every time that like I'm back home, I fall back into those roles because it's very easy to go back into this homeostasis that you were once a part of. And when I left what you were talking about, that disequilibrium, like kind of throwing off the balance. I noticed that when I go home, I'm immediately the mom's sister. Oh, hey, can you do this? Can you help me with this? You know, and it's not because my siblings are not strong and resilient. It's our norm. So when Mm -hmm. I go back home, remnants of that in myself are still there. And so us being far away um, from each other gives us all an opportunity to really grow into our best selves and really Mm -hmm. challenge each other and to succeed without one another because we're not always going to be there to hold each other's hands to get through difficult things. We'll be there when it counts, but day in and day, day in and day out, everyday life, they got to know how to function and succeed on those just day to days, you know? So that's been kind of break mm -hmm. out of the enmeshment. Yeah. It kind of forced me to do it. Yeah. And it's forced them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Enmeshment. Enmeshment. Take notes. White people Most. say that that's not good, but for Latino cultures, we all know that uh, they don't know what they're talking about because that's <laughs> totally normal in our families. So enmeshment kind of means just like the blending of like boundaries mm-hmm. and roles mm-hmm. and families. Yeah. So See, collectivist, collectivistic culture that's pretty normal. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. you like you are allowing others to influence your own life and how you are, mm-hmm. but you also wouldn't have it any other way. Potentially. Yes. Yeah. But I think this might be a good time to go into our affirmations for today. Yes. Snap, snap, snap. This is La Sirena. Um, So we wanted to affirm the process of finding balance in life. See, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth striving for. And some days you're going to be more on one side than the other. Or, mm-hmm. But I think finding that balance is a great journey for all of us. And it doesn't have to be just with family. It can be with work, with mm-hmm. our hobbies, just kind of finding balance in life. And yeah. your partners and your children, all the folks that might take from you on the day-to-day basis. Yeah. you got to give some time to yourself so if you are out there trying to find balance between work between children between partners um, friends we just want to affirm your efforts and that we know that you're going to find the balance in just the way that is right for you yeah and um piggybacking off of that this is la luna um you know challenge you know build a relationship with yourself and Mm. you know do things that better yourself that make you feel whole and complete and happy and and explore your relationships with others and what are your connections to them and what are your pushes mm-hmm. and pulls and what are your like conflicts or you know are they are they bringing something into your life or are they taking it away and if they're taking away from you what is it that they're taking away and is that something that you 
want to continue. Um, and, and, and then just another little like quick snippet, um, because I think for me being La Luna, it's important for me to mention this, um, you know, just keep in mind that the things that we share here on Nopal Queens is meant to be informative and, and educational, but it by no, by no means replaces, um, the therapeutic relationship and seeking, um, support or help from a mental health professional. Yes, we are all, three of us are all qualified and we do have those backgrounds, but this podcast is meant to just be a fun platform to spread awareness and, and to educate and to communicate and have dialogue. So please, if you do find yourself in a situation where you are experiencing crisis or you're needing support, um, you know, definitely um, hit up your local nonprofits or, you know, your mental health communities, um, you know, your insurance plans or whatever you need to be able to navigate um, your mental health and, and seek services from professionals if that's what you you need and um you're not alone in this journey and so we Mm -hmm. hope that you um find this podcast insightful and also just to let you know there's therapists who do um sliding scale so don't be scared of when you see like 150 per session what the heck what no look at therapists can provide sliding scale Depending on your income, whether you're mm-hmm, a student, mm-hmm. you can get some free services. Look at your universities. Yes. Your employer ask, might ask offer your it. HR department mm-hmm. for EAP. That's free counseling. Employee assistance program, I yes. think it's called. But mm-hmm. also check because we're we're not sure where all of y'all live. So just you know, check your local communities, your family resource centers, um, your local insurance. Just because us specifically, we speak out of. California, California, Northern specifically. So um, we do apologize if we don't know information from your specific city. And uh, I think uh, we out this bitch on a Monday night. (laughs) Yes, we are. Bye. Listen to our podcast. Adios, amigos.